that we care deeply about you and your beautiful ears and so we spent a lot of tr- time trying to get rid of the hiss and there's uh, a hiss there's a, a small ambient but just think of all the angels blowing kisses your way <laughs> yes and friends we fully invite all the sound designers out there to um come email us or <laughs> contribute your help Whatever your heart calls out for. What we believe it is, is the lovely situation of New York apartments having automatic heat that turns on, and there's not much we can do about it but surrender. And so we are. (laughs) We're practicing our tools. (laughs) So we had something that we're dying to teach on today. Uh, Many of you who know us already know that we are Kristen and Natalie, and we teach this thing called CREATE, which stands for Community Reclaiming Every Artist's True Expression, and we believe that everybody is an artist. The way you do everything can be art, because everything is an act of creation, so you all listening are creators, and powerful ones. Oh my goodness, you're creating right now, right this very second, in this moment. That's what you're doing. Oh my gosh. And so we teach these classes live in New York City and sometimes when we're in Los Angeles and we travel around teaching these classes and tonight is our first night back teaching in New York City and so we're like a little punch drunk almost like we're like we're in it we're excited we haven't taught in a minute and it just feels good to be teaching and speaking to you all today about our topic, which is jumpstart your new year. Well, it's interesting because tonight is our first class of 2018, and we wanted to get into the process of what happens in a new year. Even though it's arbitrary that we have a January 1st, it becomes this kind of benchmark, right, where we kind of get to look back at what our last year was, where we are, where we want to go, and we have these rituals we've created around being able to see if we are being our most authentic self and living the path that feels right to us. And many of us uh, come up against New Year's or New Year's traditions feeling really miserable because, you know, many of us will spend the holidays overindulging and all these things. So then it almost feels like January 1st becomes some first day of this new strict school that we're forcing ourselves to go through and we make these really strong resolutions for ourselves and I always think resolution in and of itself just feels like a bad idea because we're saying there's something about me that's flawed that's wrong that needs to be fixed and so I'm resolving to be better and there is something about motivating to a negative goal that just doesn't feel like the most supportive thing. It doesn't feel like a thing that's going to help keep us motivated long term to really stay on that path because it really just feels like punishment. Motivation through punishment. And it's what we knew growing up is this idea of having to be better or make ourselves better. It's deep in our culture. And 
there's an interesting balance of wanting to feel deeply on purpose and that you are moving forward, you are expanding, you are allowing the truth of who you are to come forward in the world. And how do we do that and encourage that system of growth without getting into the inner critic part of ourselves that wants to shame or blame or use guilt, um, which can be so punishing? Right. And, and even when we think about motivating towards a negative goal or through a realm of we think that if not for being hard on ourselves, we mm. won't be motivated. Mm-hmm. So we must be hard on ourselves in order to get to the next level that we want to get to. But even psychology will tell us that willpower is so weak. And most of us have, you know, arguably only minutes or days worth of willpower. And then after that, there's there's no willpower left. Mm. And so the only thing that we are left with is our punishing of ourselves. So actually even using willpower to try to create change in our lives is also not sustainable. Well, none of that sounds like fun. And none of it sounds like fun. And since we know we came here to be expressions of joy, to be in the celebration of being alive, how do we look at a new year and opening to the most authentic part of ourselves in a way that stimulates joy and creativity and activation and the expansion that is the truth of our souls. It almost feels like instead of looking at a new year and saying, let me look back on the past year of all the ways that I wasn't good enough or failed or disappointed myself and then vow or recommit to make this year better and different and stronger it's almost like we want to think of the new year as this is my first day on the planet. So I haven't done anything wrong yet. I haven't messed anything up. This is just my first day here. And how do I want it to look moving forward? How do I want it to be moving forward? And I just read this awesome Abraham Hicks quote that said, if it was your first day on the planet, here's what we would tell you. Welcome to earth. Your lifelong career is to seek joy. Have fun. <laughs> oh! And it's so amazing if you think about it through that lens. Yes. That weight, there's this beautiful word in yoga called viveka, and uh-huh. it means discernment or how we are looking through our own filter and seeing the world. And if we're looking through with discernment of how I've already messed up or I'm already bad, that can only lead to a certain amount of momentum and growth and change. But when we're looking through the lens of, I am welcome here and my my career, my job is joy, mm. then that becomes a very different lens that we're looking through. So then we actually get to activate or as Beckwith says, let unfold our potential from within us instead of looking in the outside world to soothe and validate, no, there's not really anything wrong with you. Oh. So it becomes this very interesting lens to start to look at our lives through that filter of joy. And it seems that because we have so much conditioning around having to prove our worthiness and our deservingness and kind of earn love, not only from ourselves, but from the outer world, that we can really undo how we think about where we want to go, what we want to do, and how we want to move forward from a place of grace. So our 
idea for you all is that jump-starting your new year has nothing to do with fixing you because you don't need to be fixed. It has nothing to do with you needing to be better, stronger, faster, thinner because you are already, as you are, made perfectly in the image of the divine. Our idea for you is that jump-starting your new year is not about getting somewhere. It is about letting something that is already alive and excited and joyful and bubbling inside of you and letting it out, letting it play in the world. So friends, in that mode, we are going to talk about wheels. And it's very interesting. You know, as we started talking about moving forward, Natalie and I got together last week and we had the best time just rocking out over this lecture and making all of our notes and we got so excited. And this morning we went to a spin class, another wheel, and after we were getting off, we were walking and we were talking about our lives and we were both feeling this inner craving to go in. And as we talked about in winter, it's all about going in, it's about getting still. And we passed, Natalie taps my shoulder and she goes, Kristen, Kristen. And she turns me. And on the sidewalk, there's a broken bike. A broken, like only one wheel. The frame is cracked and messed up. This old, raggy, half bicycle. And there's a sign on the bike. And it says, take the rest, you bastards. (laughs) We stopped. And we looked at it, and we looked at each other, and we looked back at it, and we looked back at each other, and we were like, okay, universe, stop yelling at us. We get it. Now, we know the guy who left the bike meant, hey, just take the rest of my bike, you bastards. But what we got from the universe was... The lens we were looking through. It said, take the rest I'm giving you. Take the rest I'm offering you. Take the rest I'm trying to give you. You beautiful bastards, Kristen and Natalie. I love you so much, but the two of you get so intense and want to constantly be in this self-improvement place, in this doing being, um, and I'm asking you to rest. Um, I heard this uh, interview on Rich Roll's podcast, and I'm so sorry I don't remember the name of the guy who said it, but if you go listen to Rich Roll and hear his year in review, he has this an addiction specialist who talks, and I believe it's in his, in his year in review one. And this addiction specialist said, our biggest addiction in this society right now is the addiction we have to doing and having. And we think we have to do in order to have. Mm. So as we come into this lecture, we want you to think about that yin and yang symbol, which is like another circle, another wheel, and how it's saying that everything, right, is two things. And, and there's a motion that is, that is drawn into that yin yang symbol that symbolizes uh, like a, a turning, a, 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 a feeling of things going forward, but they're made of opposites. Mm-hmm. And the thing that we want to look at, we, we there's so many wheels and there's so much uh, of how energy moves. And if we look at nature, we have a system of expansion, contraction, dualism. We have the yin-yang, that dualism. We have um, this idea that nature actually operates in a system of birth, sustaining, death, rebirth. That there's never this straight road that anything is going down. All energy really 
is circular. And there's always a going out and there's always a going in. There's the in-breath, there's the out-breath. There's the sympathetic nervous system, the parasympathetic nervous system. Everything is always like a wave of an ocean coming in and going out. There naturally must be times for us of winter, of hibernation, of rest. And there naturally are times where the plants are blooming and it's spring and there's heat coming back. And so we must, if we want to be our best selves, we must be in our own rhythm and understand how our own bicycle wants to work because otherwise we are just on a stationary bike and we feel totally stuck. We feel like we're putting all the effort, all the movement, we couldn't move our legs faster, we couldn't work harder, and yet we're still not getting anywhere. There's no result, there's no validation. The thing that we're taking a stand to create feels like it's stuck because the wheels are spinning, but we are not moving. And in the same way, if you are on a bike that has a broken wheel or broken accesses, you can think you can pedal faster and that's gonna get you somewhere, but if the bike is broken, if the wheel, if there's something innately out of order with the wheel, you're just gonna dig yourself in deeper, right? You're not gonna go any further. It's not about more effort, it's about creating balance. So what we wanna suggest is that we all have attachment to form. Now, what we mean by this is we have attachment to a certain house, a certain job, a certain child, a certain number in the bank account, a certain project. We get very, very attached to it has to be this one thing and it has to go this one way and it has to be on my timing. And so we then think that when we move forward, it is when that form moves forward. But what we want to say is that the true moving forward is actually moving the formless forward. So we are talking about us our consciousness, our inner being, our inner state of peace. As we move that formless energy that is inside of us, ever-present, ever-knowing, unchanging, when we take that energy and move it forward, then that form may manifest or another form may manifest, but everything will become manifest because we are moving forward. We're not trying to move things outside of ourselves forward. We are the thing in motion, not the dream, the project, the person. On that note, we have this little system that we are going to offer to you. Now, you know that we like to talk about the chakras. I'm training Kristen. (laughs) But you say it like chocolate, (laughs) which are spinning wheels, these energy vortexes inside of your body. There are seven. (laughs) Some people say nine, some people say 108. There are many different ideas, but traditionally we are working with the the traditional seven that Anadea Judith and, and many chakra teachers have taught through. So we want to talk to you about getting your wheels, your your chakras moving in the right direction so we're going to go through each one and talk about what the how they um, manifest in terms of form in the outer world and what is the energy inside of them um, and how we might start looking at moving forward in a different way can i read that beautiful osho quote that you pulled oh it's so good nothing makes me happier than osho (sighs) check this out osho says Whenever there is joy, 
you feel that it is coming from without. You have met a friend. Of course, it appears the joy is coming from your friend, from seeing him. That is not the actual case. The joy is always within you. The friend has become the situation. The friend has helped it to come out, has helped you to see that it is there. And it is not only with joy, but with everything, anger, sadness, misery, happiness, with everything, it is so. Others are only situations in which things that are hidden in you are expressed. They are not causes. They are causing something in you. So that's what we mean by that we have this over-focus on the form. New Year's resolutions are all about the form. I want my body to look like this. I want this project to take off. I want this many auditions. I want my kids to behave like this. It's all about something outside of ourselves. But what Osho is saying is that all of those circumstances in your life are actually presenting back to you what is going on inside of you. So if the friend you meet brings joy, then it's not the friend that caused your joy. You had joy inside of you that got unlocked because of the the presence and the energy of meeting that other energy. So if there is something with my body doesn't feel good, I don't feel good in my body, I wanna look different, then that, that anger, that unrest, that dissatisfaction has nothing to do with your body. It's just showing you that that is inside of you, unfolding. So we want to be able to say, the only thing I'm resolving is to look and know and be in communication and relation with myself exactly as I am, without needing to fix or change anything, but then from that place, recognizing that I have all the colors inside of me, I have all the anger, I have all the joy, I have everything on the spectrum, I want to bring forth and let unfold in me the things that make me feel the best. If it is all inside of me, then I get to choose what parts I play with. It's like having um, like a costume trunk and you have clothes in there that you love and clothes that you don't love. Well, you get to decide which clothes you put on. You get to decide what you play with. So instead of resolving to do something, we jumpstart, we activate from inside the parts that you're really excited to play with. So now let's just jump in and get messy. First chakra. Yes, the Muladhara chakra. Um, So the Muladhara chakra is all about our environment, our bodies, our home life, our ancestry, our families. It's really the foundational stuff, security, money, work, right? So we can see how we get really stuck there, that when we think that we have to move the form forward, then we think we have to buy the bigger house, we think that we have to have more money in the bank, we think that we have to work harder, and it becomes this emphasis on how can I fill up more. So it feels like the more money I have, the better I feel. Then that translates in, so then I must work more hours to make that more money. It translates into, if I had a bigger house, I would feel better. So then I have to work harder, fill my schedule more. So every time we're trying to actually create a bigger space, all we end up doing is congesting ourselves And we think that somehow in congesting ourselves, 
that is going to lead to expansion. And friends, it doesn't. It well, just leads to congestion and clutter. There's something called the universal law of the vacuum, and we've talked about it before um, on our podcast, which is the universe can't give anything to a hand that is already full. So if we are really busy uh, making our lives full, making our schedules full, making our closets full, making our social calendar full, if we are full, if our email box is full, and we wonder why it feels like we are stuck or things aren't coming in or that we're not moving forward, the universe doesn't have a place to give us any more. We have been hoarding energetically because we're holding on to things that don't actually serve us and bring us joy. What the universe is requiring is that we continually come back to being like, uh, I remember reading this thing about meditation that talked about make your mind like an empty rice bowl. You know, make our vessels like a, a vessel. When you think of a vessel, it's like something to be filled. Mm-hmm. And you want to create that space where things can come in and then flow out, where there can be this natural, beautiful progression of flow. Now, in order for there to be that beautiful flow, we have to always and continually let go, mm-hmm. right? So if we want to create that wheel moving, we have to develop the habits of creating clean, clear, and uncluttered space. Mm-hmm. Now that's in every area of our life. Let's be honest, how many of us have found ourselves in a relationship that's no longer working? And the feeling is, well, once the next person comes along, mm-hmm. then I'll start leaving that relationship. But the next person never comes along because the clutter of the old relationship is still there. So energetically, you can't receive the new person. And how many, you know, Mr. And Mrs. Wrights out there walked on by because the space wasn't clear yet? So we want to just notice where this shows up. We, in our culture, have an anxiety about emptiness. It is why meditation is free. (laughs) It can literally change your life from the inside out. It it doesn't cost anything. it's, It's this kind of perfect practice and everyone's afraid to do it and says how hard it is because we have an anxiety to emptiness. Many of us will say, okay, I'm gonna leave this night open then the next thing you know, you're on Facebook for a half an hour. Now, there's nothing wrong with Facebook, but if you are just filling space because the aloneness, the emptiness is feeling too scary, then the practice is my job, if I want form to be more manifest in my life than it is right now, then my job is not to create more content. My job is to get empty and start getting very, very comfortable with emptiness. That's the job in every area of our lives. So we can begin to do this with our apartments or Mm -hmm. our homes. You know, clearing a sacred space in your home, even if it's a little altar space or just a little space that you just leave for you and whatever your communication of divine is, right? Whether it's a little intention journal, whether whether it's just a place of, of blank pages or open space or some area in your home that you can start to clear and say, I am making space physically for something. I can leave space in my calendar. I can unsubscribe from some of those junk mail offerings. Whatever you can do to start creating a little more space. And then the true job is to notice 
If my outer world is always a reflection of my inner world, then there must be a lot of clutter inside that wants to be addressed to. Mm-hmm. And as we start to create space, it actually gives us the chance to uh, work the muscle of trust. Mm-hmm. A lot of us are in non-trusting relationships with the universe where we don't have faith that if we clear that space, it will give. And so it allows us to do this practice as, let me just see. Let me just see what what happens if I take a chance and get rid of the clothes that no longer bring me joy. If I save time on my schedule and I refuse to fill it. If I look through my life and what are those drawers I'm filling with stuff and consciously say, as I take these, a stand in this way, the universe is going to surprise me. Now you may say, I don't have time to take space. I can't afford to take space. Part of the clutter is the clutter of the excuses. Mm -hmm. So what we want to look at is say, okay, but if you're willing to take on a New Year's resolution, okay, which takes time and energy and focus and effort, and psychologically speaking, most New Year's resolutions are dead by three weeks into doing them, Mm -hmm. then why don't just you take on the practice for three weeks? Mm -hmm. Just say for three weeks, I'm going to make more space. I'm going to do one less client. I'm going to not do those overtime hours just for three weeks. Now notice, do you then, when given the opportunity of space, misuse it by filling it with something else? So that then your ego has a reason to say, well, see, that was a dumb idea. You should have just worked. You should have just made the money. So it's up to us to use the space that we create very consciously. Because the second we have space, our anxiety wants to fill it. And we fill it with social media. And we fill it with addiction. And we fill it with being there for other people before honoring our own process. We fill it with the squeaky wheel always getting the grease. So we just want to start looking and being mindful about where we continue to put ourselves last even when we make the space to put ourselves first. Breathe that in for a second. Inhale, exhale. Yeah, take space right now. Take space in this conversation. Mm Mm-hmm. Take space to pause and say, I'm going to take a few breaths on that and listen. There's that Thomas Keating quote that said, um, God's first language is silence. Everything else is translation. Mm. I think we're scared of who we might find in the blank spaces. Osho will often say, the reason we get into relationship with others, and he talks about sort of like that butterfly thing where at the beginning everything feels wonderful and amazing and everyone, both people are really putting on a really good show because they just want the other person to like them. Mm. But the reason that we avoid true intimacy is that the most intimate place in the entire universe is to say to someone, Actually, all I am is emptiness. And I'm so scared that you are going to see that. That I keep making up fights to have with you. 
or I keep making up things that we need to talk about, or I keep making up these dates that we need to go on. But really, the true intimacy of us just being together and me seeing your emptiness and you seeing mine, he says, is the greatest fear of existence. Because that is so powerful. To be with someone in those empty blank spaces and just to be is being in that seat of love. And we're so terrified of how big that space is. And we're so terrified that from that seat of complete emptiness, that is what quantum physics talks about and the quantum field of unlimited possibility. That we, as creators, as we sit in the emptiness, the utter emptiness, the utter unknowing, the utter invisibility of our entire identity, that from that place, the whole of creation is available to us. And we're too scared. I feel like that could be our podcast for today. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. But even, so on that first chakra, which is our home and our body and our finances, all those places where we want it to be bigger, and the reason it can't get bigger is because we're afraid of the emptiness. Our biggest fear is that we are not going to be seen and heard, that we are going to disappear. And what we are suggesting to you, ladies and gentlemen, is your fear is there to direct you to, yes, the best thing that could happen is for you, as you know yourself, to disappear because it is all conditioning. And when all of your identity goes away, what is underneath of it will terrify you and it'll be the most authentic power and place of creation that you will ever know and it is waiting for you right now and right now and right now and right now. Because the, on the other side of that terror and that fear, on the other side of it is full bliss, full presence, not needing anything because you have everything. It's the sweetest spot of existence. So when we talk about not moving form forward, but rather allowing the formless to be expanded in the space of you, then can you imagine all of the form that changes? That, of course, the form of the bank account and the form of the jobs and the form of the relationship change. Of course. But it's not work. It's allowing. It's being. It's emptying. It's emptiness. Whew. So, friends, that was one little piece of our jumpstart conversation. And I think what's going to happen is that we're going to do one chakra a week for the next oh, seven weeks. Kristen's giving us a challenge all right now. And so you can take this podcast and say, in my life this week, where am I going to create space? In my thoughts, in my emotional body, in my life, in my drawers, in my relationships. Where am I creating space? Because there's something the universe wants to reveal me and it can't 
show it to me yet because everything is too full. And what can be a wonderful practice as this starts feeling really scary because the emptiness will feel like the scariest thing that's ever happened to you is that great Kyle Cease exercise where at the end of every sentence you just say, and I love it. So I am so scared. I feel like a failure. I feel like I'm not doing enough. I feel like this is the worst idea. And And I I love love it. it. I'm afraid of scaling back on my hours at work. I'm afraid I'm not going to have enough money. I'm afraid I'm not going to be able to make ends meet. And And I I love love it. it. Because perhaps in that space that you take from working all those hours is when spirit can whisper to you, how it wants to give you such a bigger bank account Mm -hmm. and bring in more financial flow, but there hasn't been space for you to be given that divine idea yet. So, you bastards, take (laughs) Take the the rest. rest. Take the rest. Take the rest. We invite you to take your bicycle on the most beautiful journey through your interior landscape And it may feel like diving into an unknown that is too difficult to even fathom. But we promise you that what you will find will cause you to fall in love with yourself in a way you could have never anticipated. And when you come back from that ride, you will have something to offer that is greater than anything that has ever existed before you came. We love you. We love the magical space that you are. And we know in that space is the pure potential to create everything that this world is calling out for. You are so powerful. Thank you so, so much for listening. And we look forward forward to to continuing this journey with you. And we start in the space of emptiness. Now, in that empty space, we do want to tell you about, (laughs) as you know, we are going to Paris. We are going to Paris. And actually, Mm -hmm. next week's podcast, which will be on the second chakra, which is pleasure, creativity, desire, emotions. So we are going to talk activation people, and that is exactly what our trip to Paris is all about. And I think there's only four spaces left. Four spaces left. So if you've been thinking about it and it's been back there in your head, just know we might have a space with your name on it. And we also know that if you step forward in faith and you make the intention, the means always show up. And if it scares you, it's probably where we need to go. So we invite you, we are going to Paris in March for a beautiful weekend of activating pleasure, desire, looking at where we have shame and guilt about putting ourselves in a position of living a life that we love. And we are just going to unpack all of it. And let me tell you, friends, the people who have signed up already are glorious people that you cannot wait to get to know. This is going to be a really magical time. So we invite you, if you're interested in that, to come to thecreateseries.com. Under the retreat section, you can find all of that information. Now, if you are loving this information on the chakras and you want to go deeper into the chakras and understanding more about what they are, it's part of the energetic anatomy model in 
yoga in the Eastern traditions, we have a whole online course, six and a half hours of content on the chakras and the creative process of how to take something that you want to create in the world and bring it forward in the path of manifestation and liberation. This whole online chakra chakra course, she's teaching me, friends. She's teaching me. Um, was designed so that you can take that true expression of who you are, what you came here to do, and bring it up through your energetic anatomy so that it can become manifest. But if you you don't do the work of unzipping what is inside of you, it can't come out into the world. And friends, we have gotten some emails from people who've taken the course and they say the two of you are adorable on the podcast, but it's a whole different thing to have your beautiful faces in front of me. And if I do say so myself, we are quite attractive. (laughs) We love to be in our pleasure and tell each other how gorgeous we look. Um, So if those interest you, please check those out. As well, we are teaching tonight in New York City. Um... And so um, that class is recorded, and if you want to watch the live stream of that class, um, we will post the link for that so you will be able to find that. And uh, we're just so excited to share all of these offerings with you. And we are excited to hear from you about emptiness and what this brings up for you. So please come join our Facebook page, The Create Community, and introduce yourselves and tell us about this practice, tell us about your lives so we can support you. You don't have to do it alone. If you want to know about the Create Workshop Series, you can go to www.thecreateseries.com. And if you want to know more about us, you can go to kristenhenge.com or natalieroy.com. And if you want to come to Create, you can go to the Actors Green Room in New York City. Um, And it is Sunday nights from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. and Tuesdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And their website is www.theactorsgreenroom.com. And you can buy Create On Demand if you don't live in New York City. Woohoo!